1: You return that I might live in my Father's house.
2: The true church, the Ecclesia, which is translated church, we are the called out ones. The word Ecclesia, which is translated church. Literally means the called out ones, and that's who we are as members of Christ's church. We've been called out by the Lord, are to live separately from the world.
0: Without getting too graphic, the definition of a harlot is someone who takes a beautiful thing that God created for the purpose of reproduction and the expression of love in marriage and perverts it to fulfill their greed and lust. In the book of Revelation, we're warned of a worldwide organization who's described as a great harlot. As Pastor Mike will suggest in today's message, this very well could represent a global mainstream church who's taken what God has designed and perverted it to satisfy the desires of men. Now, here's Pastor Mike in the book of Revelation, chapter 17, as he begins his message, The Great Harlot.
2: Revelation chapter 17 and verse 1. Then one of the seven angels, and uh, those are the seven angels that we were introduced to last time, that poured out the bowl judgments, that last series of judgments that God poured out upon a Christ-rejecting world. Uh, Each one of those angels had a a bowl, uh, and uh, contained within that uh, bowl was the wrath of God. And with each angel stepping forward, and pouring out the contents of that uh, bowl. There was a corresponding cataclysmic event that took place upon the face of the uh, earth. And so that's the reference to those angels who had the seven bowls. They came and talked with me, that is John, the recorder of this book of the Bible, saying to me, come and I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters." Okay, let me set up this Bible study for you. Chapter 17, here in the book of Revelation, is devoted to a very solemn subject. That is the fall and destruction of this last day's international counterfeit religious system that is so close in its resemblance to true Christianity that millions of people are deceived by it. Okay, so with that said... That brings us to our first point this morning. If you're taking notes, write this down. And that is, drunk with the wine of her fornication. The idea here is that she has had an intoxicating effect upon the masses. That is this ecumenical religious system that will exist during the seven years of tribulation. And notice this system is called here in verse 1, the great harlot. She's a combination of apostate Protestantism, uh, Protestantism, Catholicism, and atheism. This huge ecumenical religious monstrosity that is taking shape before our eyes even now. Even as we gather together, you know, many uh, Bible teachers actually believe that this uh, false religious system that will exist during the seven years of tribulation, is actually the World Council of Churches. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just putting that forward uh, for your consideration. I mean, think about it. The World Council of uh, Churches began, was founded in 1948. It consists of churches, denominations, uh, throughout a hundred different countries, and they have over 500 million members. So the fulfillment of this prophecy may be the world council of churches. And also, there's also been a lot of speculation as it relates to this ecumenical council that will exist in the last days. Uh, Many have referred to it as the Catholic Church. And I'm just putting it out there. I'm not suggesting that it is or, or not. But anyway, this huge ecumenical religious monstrosity that is taking shape before our eyes even now and is being heralded as a step forward towards unity and world peace. It's a movement that's underway today whose banner waves under the guise of religious tolerance. But because it is apostate, it is doomed and must come under the judgment of God. One writer described it in this way. The harlot is Christendom, estranged from God, and become thoroughly secularized and degenerated. Folks, it's religion without any real life in uh, Christ. And so anyway, that's what we're dealing with here in this uh, chapter. Now, notice that it is referred to, well, uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, we'll mention this in, in just a moment. But I want you Uh, to know that this uh, system, this religious system, is referred to as Mystery uh, Babylon. And uh, here in Chapter uh, 17. But I want you to know that there are actually two Babylons. And as we move into the next chapter, in Chapter 18, that system, which is a commercial system, is also referred to uh, Babylon. So don't be confused by the two. There are two different Babylons. The one refers to a religious system. The other refers to a commercial uh, system. And we'll we'll get into that uh, next time together in chapter 18 here in the book of Revelation. Okay, well anyway, with that said, let's go back to verse 1. Let's begin in verse 1 once again. Verses 1 through 6. Then one of the seven angels, who had the seven bowls, came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, I'll break all of this down for you in a moment, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication. And the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. And so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marvel with great amazement. Okay, let me break down these first six verses of Scripture uh, for you. First of all, let me mention that the reference to Mystery Babylon of the Great isn't a reference to an actual location, okay? So this system does not actually exist. Its headquarters is not in uh, Babylon. But the idea here is that all false religion had its beginnings in Babylon. And so that's why they refer to it as mystery of Babylon. So this false church, which dominates the world scene, just prior to Christ's second coming, during the seven years of tribulation, is presented, notice, as a woman, a filthy and dissolute prostitute. And notice also, she is sitting on many waters. And the reference to the waters is symbolic of people, peoples, nations, and tongues, according to verse 15. Let's jump ahead quickly. Notice what it says there in verse 15. Then he said to me, the waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and uh, tongues. So the interpretation is quite uh, clear. And this shows then the scope of the seducing harlot's influence. This worldwide church that exists during this period of uh, time. And how great is the scope of the seducing harlot's influence? Well, according to what we've just read there in verse 15, it's worldwide. The super church made up of all different religious faiths. Now, why call this woman a harlot? Notice there in verse 2 because she has committed fornication with the kings and the inhabitants of the earth. There in verse 2. In other words, she has direct ties to the world system and world leaders. And her policies have been formed to accommodate this unholy alliance. But also, let me add, that the idea of fornication often has strong associations throughout the Bible, with idolatry. Now, on the other hand, in complete uh, contrast, I want you to think about this, the true church, the ecclesia, which is translated church, we are the called out ones. The word ecclesia, which is translated church, literally means the called out ones, and that's who we are as members of Christ's church. We've been called out by the Lord, are to live separately from the world. And we're never to surrender our Christianity, our principles, for the sake of unity, money, honor, position, or for that matter, anything else. We can never compromise with the world. And that's one of the indictments that's brought against this ecumenical church system that exists during this period of Uh, Time In 1 John, in chapter 2, in verse 15, there we are exhorted by John, do not love the world or the things in the world. And so this harlot professes to be God's church over the earth, and her doctrines, her views, and practices have an intoxicating influence over the minds of the people. And worldwide... The populations have bought into the tenets of her brand of false faith. And under the sanction of her assumed authority, she is able to keep the nations in her uh, power. And listen, God's inerrant, infallible word for all rule and conduct has no place in this false religious uh, system. They're just kind of like making it up as they uh, go. Now, notice there in verse 3, let's go back to our text, John sees this woman sitting upon a scarlet-colored beast. And most Bible uh, teachers uh, interpret this as a reference to the Antichrist. So he, that is the Antichrist, is supporting this woman for the sake of the advantages he hopes to derive from her in his bid for power during the tribulation. So, being a part of this system, being in control, ultimately being in control over this system, it helps him to rise to that position during this period of uh, time. Now, the ten horns, notice the mention. Let's go back to our text. Notice there in verse 3. Notice the mention of the ten horns. I believe that that represents the ten confederated uh, kingdoms. Uh, that will exist. This is a reference to the final world uh, empire that will exist uh, just prior to Christ's second uh, coming. And so the nations will be under her jurisdiction as well, that is, this, this false church uh, system, somehow ruling this final world government, which is made up of these ten confederated uh, nations. Now, the seven heads... Uh, are seven mountains, according to verse 9. Let's jump ahead to verse 9, because plainly we are told in the interpretation, here in verse 9, here is the mind which has wisdom, the seven heads, that's mentioned there in the verses that we just read, the seven heads are seven mountains on which this woman uh, sits. Now this is very uh, telling and very uh interesting, because... Rome uh, is depicted in literature and in poetry is known as the seven-hilled city. So some Bible teachers have then suggested that the headquarters for this religious system that will exist during this period of time is in geographical uh, Rome because Rome is known as the seven-hilled uh, city. And so many think Rome is its uh, headquarters. Now, I'm just putting this out there. Uh, I don't want to be dogmatic about this, but it's just something uh, to think about. Notice also there in verse 4, the woman's wealth is described for us, and it's quite lavish. Notice, it says, the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and uh, pearls. And so... It's quite lavish. So the huge amounts of wealth has been accumulated in its religious uh, trafficking. Listen, the major religious denominations are not poor by any means. They have large holdings in real estate, stocks, cash, and art. For example, in a recent survey, the Catholic Church in America showed that they maintained 337 seminaries, 228 colleges, 1,600 high schools, 8,000 elementary schools, 350 orphanages, 850 hospitals, 250 homes for the aged. They have an annual operating budget of $170 billion a year. And, uh, and that's, that's only in the United States of America. You know, I remember uh, years ago when my youngest daughter, Jessie, uh, studied abroad in Italy, and we were visiting her there while she was uh, uh, in one of her uh, semesters. Uh, we visited Rome, and we actually went to the Vatican. And one of the corridors that actually led to the Sistine uh, Chapel was adorned with all of these tapestries. And so they, you know, they had all of these uh, uh, different people, uh, leading people around and and speaking about some of the artworks that adorn this uh, vestibule and and some of the hangings. And and they were suggesting that one of the tapestries, and and the whole corridor was lined with tapestry after tapestry after tapestry, and they were telling us the worth of each tapestry were worth millions of dollars, and, there, and, and again, the place was just lined with tapestries. And uh, so just kind of give you an idea of uh, the money and the wealth that uh, the Catholic Church uh, alone has accumulated, but then add to the wealth of Protestants and Jews held in the name of religion, listen, it's quite an impressive uh, total. And so no wonder the Antichrist is looking for an inroads uh, here because he knows that if he can control the wealth of this last day's religious uh, system, he would have unlimited influence and resources available to him. And then notice also in verse 6, the system is exposed even further, and we are told that it will stop at nothing to achieve world domination, killing those who refuse to join its Uh, ranks. Now listen, this is not the first time that something like this would have uh, taken place. Think about this. You know, it has been estimated that Rome was guilty of killing millions of Christians during the Inquisition uh, period under the guise of them being heretics. And so for the sake of heresy, they actually killed millions of true uh, Christians who didn't line up with the Catholic Church's uh, beliefs. So amazingly, she claims to be God's church, but persecutes God's true followers. Now that brings us to our second point, and that is mystery of Babylon. Okay, let's go back to our text now and read verses 7 through uh, 15. But the angel said to me, Why did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not, this is the Antichrist, and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel whose names are not written in the book of life. And now I want you to take note of this. And I believe that this is another reason why that we can... Uh, be confident that the church is not going to be here during the seven years of tribulation. Why? Because your names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. You see, only those whose names are not written in the book of life will be deceived by this system and by the Antichrist. So this is just another reason why I believe, you know, as we've been moving through the book of Revelation, I've given you numerous reasons why I believe that the church is not going to uh, be here during this time. So again, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. When they see the beast that was and is not and yet is, the Antichrist. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Again, possibly uh, a reference to Rome. There are also seven kings. Five had fallen. I'll explain this to you in a moment. One is, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue for a short time. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth, or the eighth king, and is of the seven, the previous kings, and is going to perdition. The ten horns, which you saw, are ten kings, this confederation of ten nations that will exist, the final world, a government of mankind. Uh, who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. They will make war with the Lamb, who is Jesus, and the Lamb will overcome them. This is a reference to the battle of Armageddon. For He is Lord of hosts and King of kings. And those who are with them are called chosen and faithful That would be you and me, folks, by the way. That's the church. Remember, when Jesus comes back a second time, we're coming back with him. Then he said to me, the waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. Okay, let me break this down for you now. Let's go back to verse 7. The word mystery, you see that? You notice there in verse uh, 7? Means secret. In other words... These things that have been recorded here for us in this text had been hid, but now are revealed. Her mask has been taken away. And once again, we're reminded of the woman is associated with the beast or the Antichrist and this confederation of 10 uh, nations, this final world uh, empire
1: in my father's house there's a place for me in my father's house where i long to be
0: oh, my that's all we have time for on this edition of in my father's house we're so glad you joined pastor mike today to study the book of revelation the final book in the bible If you'd like to listen to more, just visit our website, HarvestNYC.org. You can also subscribe to the In My Father's House with Mike Finizio podcast. Just search for it on your favorite podcast platform. We'd love for you to join us for worship this weekend at Harvest Christian Fellowship. We meet at 11 a.m., and you can reserve your seat online by clicking on contact at HarvestNYC.org. We're located in Midtown Manhattan and there's easy access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. If you're not in the area or if you're just unable to attend in person right now, we'd still like to have you be a part of our time of studying God's Word. We're live streaming our services each week and you can connect on our website. Again, that's harvestnyc.org. If you'd like to catch up with previous messages, Check out our services through our Vimeo link, or you can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Links to all these are available at our website, harvestnyc.org. Before we end our time with you, we'd like to give you the opportunity to partner with us in this ministry. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting In My Father's House? Donations of any size can be made securely on our website, harvestnyc.org. Thanks for praying about this, and thanks for joining us today on In My Father's House.